Earth podcast with your host, Jake Weaver, engineered by Cedric Swan. Hey, everybody, we are back with another episode of Midnight on Earth. I'm your host, Jake Weaver, and we are here to bring you more knowledge, more light, and more love. We have another stellar guest. All of our guests are so amazing. And again, we have another one. Her name is Penelope Badger, and she's written several books. We're going to be talking about a book that she wrote called Morning Star, Channeling Archangel Lucifer. This is going to be really interesting because the book is incredible. We're going to talk to her in just a second, but first I need you to do something for me. Go to bluecobracbd.com. That is bluecobracbd.com. And there you will find the highest quality CBD oil available out there on earth, period, done. It's amazing. Why is it the best? It is because a man named Howard Hitt, a.k.a. Big H, developed a proprietary extraction method to extract the CBD from the hemp flower. This method is called the Hitt Extraction Method. It involves no chemicals, no solvents, no gases, nothing unnatural was used in the extraction process. The product itself is 100% organic and the hemp it is derived from is 100% organic organ grown hemp. There really is nothing like this product in the ocean of CBD products that are out there. You're not going to find anything like this. Nobody has the hit extraction method. And there are three different kinds that you can find on the website. King Cobra Maximum Strength Little King Cobra, Regular Strength, and Wild Thing CBD for pets because we want our beloved pets to have the highest quality food, medicine, etc. And we have a discount code which gets you free shipping on any order in the continental 48 United States. And that discount code is Big H, B I G, and the letter H. You put that in the discount code box at checkout and you get free shipping. This really is an amazing product. If you haven't tried CBD, this is the only CBD that you should be taking. Howard gets reports constantly about the beneficial effects of this medicine that people are having of various ailment types. And Howard has a YouTube channel now with a show called Blue Cobra Peeps like people, P-E-E-P-S, Blue Cobra Peeps. Check that out and you'll hear the testimony of several people now at this point because it is a weekly show, just like Midnight on Earth. So check it out. Go to the website, bluecobracbd.com. Use the discount code BIGH and try it for yourself and report back to me the amazing benefits that you receive from it. I receive amazing benefits from it when I take it. I'm not even joking. It's it's incredible. So go there. BlueCobraCBD.com. That is BlueCobraCBD.com. And when you're done with that, follow me on Instagram at midnight underscore on underscore earth. That is the address. You can follow us there. 
Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict. There's so many now. Find wherever the button is that connects us. You click that button so you know exactly what is going on when it happens. Instantaneously, it goes to your device. And most importantly, as I always say, tell a friend, tell someone that you know that would be interested in this, that what we're talking about, what our guests bring to this podcast are so generous. We want to spread the word. So tell the people that you know, tell them, you know them well. Bring them here, midnightonearth.com. Okay, so we're going to talk to Penelope, but first I have to read her bio. So here we go. Penelope Badger is a divine channel, author, musician, and spiritual teacher in service to the feminine. Her mission is to utilize her gifts to help others discover heaven on earth and their own magnificence through books, courses, and healing sessions, and music as well. She has so much to offer. Hello, Penelope. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Jake. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, what a book you wrote. What a life (laughs) you have. I want to know all about it because that book was so interesting, and it it was very captivating. I want to know your story. So you're a channeler in addition to the other things we talked about. How did you get in touch with this ability? You know, it kind of just showed up one day. I think I was like 16 years old. I was talking to a friend at work before our session. I used to teach gymnastics and uh, she was complaining about her boyfriend. And then I just saw this red aura around her and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I kind of started dabbling into Wicca and astrology and all of that sort of things. And when I was working with people, I noticed I could hear their thoughts and, you know, just it just kind of softly transitioned. I don't know. It was it was um, not anything spectacular or like, oh, my God, this is happening. It just felt very normal. I guess. So you see the aura, you're starting to develop these abilities, this awareness, and it just starts to kind of open up, just blossom on its own without any real catalyst, you would say. Yeah. And then I just, I definitely shut it down for a little while because I was like, I just don't really need to hear everyone's thoughts and see all the things, (laughs) you know? And so I kind of like toned it down for a while and went about my business of just sort of living life. And then went to a healing arts school here in town and, you know, started sort of developing my gifts or working with a mentor, a longtime mentor and friend of mine. And, you know, just opening up spiritually and kind of just getting deeper and deeper into that world. And what did you learn from your mentor? Oh, all kinds of things. Well, uh, you know, she was, I met her at the school. She was the Reiki teacher there. And this school's in Phoenix, Arizona. Is that correct? Uh, the, yeah, the, it's called Sweeha, the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts. Okay. Yeah. So I went there for massage, hypnotherapy, Reiki, things like that. So that kind of started that path. Um, and yeah, and she's also a licensed counselor. So I started seeing her and just sort of, and a shaman and sort of working through like my past traumas and all of those things and getting tools as to how to like work that part of it and the shadow work and stuff and, and just opening up to the sort of the, the ancient temple mysteries of like, you know, my past life lineage, as well as my, um, 
my genetic lineage is also sort of from the Jaguar lineage of, of all of that. And just, you know, getting familiarized with like, oh, there's this whole other side of life and the universe and of me, there's this human me living this human life. And, and then there's also this intergalactic space cat, right? Like <laughs> that I am, you know, I'm a Lyran starseed and I work, worked for the Galactic Federation. I've had several different jobs with them and I'm part of what I like to call the sort of 3D earth game backstage crew. I do a lot of um, backstage stuff to, for the, for the collective. Well, that's very interesting because I've also been told I'm a Lyran star seat. So yes, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> it's really uh, nice to see you again. Yeah, We're here, <laughs> here doing yeah. the work. Um, so then when did you feel like you were ready? Like what, like you get the mentorship, you go through the training. When did you feel like you were ready to be like, okay, I'm going to go assist other people now be an interface point, you know, schedule sessions, things like that. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, it just happens also. Like, it's just like, you know, fades from sort of one thing to the other. And, and before that I was a professional dancer. So I was already out in the public and entertaining and sort of, I was never really an entertainer. I've always been like a frequency. I've always been a channel. So even when I was dancing, it was really more of like, I'm transmitting something to the audience. And so it just sort of was, I don't know, just natural for me. And because I like to learn. And for me, the best way to learn is by working with other people because I learn the most when I'm helping other people right. through their stuff. And so it was just, and there's, you know, at Sweeha, there's a lot of student work. You, you put in a lot of hours working with people as a student. And so that just helps you just sort of naturally transition. Like once you graduate and then you say, okay, I'm going to, you know, charge people for this now and, and, and help people. And it, it's kind of a natural progression. So you, you got that training, you felt like it was completed. They gave you the degree or certificate and yeah. then you were out there doing it. Yeah. And I just, you know, I've never really been one for the masses, right? I'm definitely, like I said, I'm more of a behind the scenes kind of person. And, and I, I tend to teach teachers and, and work with people who work with people out. So I, I have mm. a very small, like, you know, a very kind of hot couture spirituality business <laughs> is very, it's, it's um, pretty exclusive <laughs> to get to work with me in that sense, like wow. on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Otherwise I, 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 I like to call myself more of like a woo woo Home Depot, right? I'm like a messenger. <laughs> like if you got a thing you need and I got the tools, I'll teach you how to use the tools and I'm going to send you on your way. Cause this is a DIY project. Right. right. And, and I'm just, so that's kind of why I just dropped the music. I dropped the books. I dropped the courses. I just drop things out for people to find if they need it. And if they need like more personal attention, I am available to help them kind of navigate how to use the tools and, and what tools to use where, right? I think that's the most important thing of spiritual mastery is what tool do you use where is the most important thing. Because like a hammer is a beautiful tool, but it doesn't work well to carve like a delicate piece of glass, right? And you need a different tool for that. And people think, oh, I messed up or the tool's wrong or the, or the project is wrong. It's like, ah, you're just using the wrong tool. Let me swap that out for you. Interesting. 
So yeah. really what you're saying is you kind of put yourself out there and let the law of attraction, that attractive force, bring the people to you that are Absolutely. matching that same frequency, the people that need yeah. your specific type of help. And like you said, they could be leaders already. They could be teachers out there already. And that's usually what shows up for you. But that's kind of how you set it up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I, you know, my human is very much interested in a completely different program, <laughs> right? Like it doesn't it has no interest in helping people and, and doing any of that. It just wants a very simple life and wants to be a hussy housewife and, you know, do the stay at home <laughs> mom thing and 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 make my art and be left the fuck alone, to be honest. Oops, can I curse on you? Of course, you could do yeah. anything. OK, so, yeah. And um <laughs> So it's just, you know, and I'm actually the high priestess of my soul family and we have quite a large kingdom that we are, you know, running as it is, as my husband runs that. And, and so my plate is, is pretty full in that sense. So I, but, so that's why I like, I like to do the writing so that literally anyone can find it and get the information that they need and the tools that they need. Well, I know that I was attracted to that specific book, your Morningstar book, because there's so much information about this character, this archangel known as Lucifer, because, yeah. you know, you get the religious information, you get different religions, interpretations. And then on the flip side of that, you have places like the Church of Satan and other places that actually kind of deify Lucifer or at least aspects of it. But when I found your book, I thought it was really interesting because it was an attempt to kind of clear all that up through your channeling. But like you said in your book, it, it was kind of intense at first because you've channeled other beings, but there it was mostly like love and light and kind of like in the higher frequency or different frequency. And then this yeah. came to you and it kind of challenged you. So let's talk about oh, that. For sure. Yeah. So, um, when I first really got into the channeling, so I had read a book and forgive me, I can't even remember. It's about, it's something about frequency. It's by a woman named Penny. Okay. I'll let you know what that it, well, is. Yeah, but it's fine. In, in that um, she talks about contacting your Ascension team. Yes. Right. Like, and, and so I was like, Oh yeah, that sounds like a great idea. So I went ahead and I did that. And I just sort of put the call out and just let it go. And then one night I was just, I had cleaned the whole house. Everyone was asleep. It was like this beautiful moment. I sat at the head of my dining room table and they all just showed up and we just had a conference. And so I started working with them and like what it was they wanted, you know, my help to sort of bring through an anchor on the planet and all of that. And then one day they sort of started like leaning me towards this concept of the descension process, right? A lot of people are, are familiar with the ascension process and awakening and all of that. But then after that, then there's a descension process. So I was just channeling that work. And, you know, a lot of times when you're channeling, they sign off who's speaking at the end. And this one was like your dissension team. And they listed their names. And the last one was Lucifer. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Time out. <laughs> I was like, hold on. Now, I had met him once before because one of my jobs at the Galactic Federation for a while was I was active duty demon hunter. That was okay. fun. So um, I was doing an assignment. Um clearing out this like little pocket of demonic activity and lucifer was there <clears throat> showed up because someone was like oh well this is his fault and he was like these are not mine and he was so sad and so like one of my spiritual gifts is like this crazy 
compassion, like spiritual compassion. Like if you bring to me a demon or something really evil, my heart opens, right? A lot of people close off and and sort of break off to that, but I just, my heart completely opens. I see the pain that they're in. And so I like saw him and I just, I like just cried. Like I felt all the pain of all of this, like misunderstanding and, and demonization of who, you know, he is in the system and, and how he really has nothing to do with the demonic activity that, that those are mostly human creations, human thought forms, human entities. Um, he's like, I didn't, I don't do this. I'm not in charge of that. I, that's not my job. So who else was on your descension team? Because like you said, you talked about the ascension team. Yeah. So my ascension team, I have um, my team leader. His name is Artyon. He's from, or no, I'm sorry, Ar- Arturian. He is there, Liren. And then Bast and Sekhmet, Yeshua and Mary Magdalene, um, Anubis as well. He's my head of security. He's really interesting. Uh, <laughs> if you've ever worked with him, he's, you know, very neutral, very like took a while to to warm up to me. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think that's about it. And then the descension team is also Bast and Segment, but then I've got like Rumi um, and I'm not, there's a couple others, but then yeah, Lucifer is the team leader of that one. So then what is the purpose of the descension team? would you say? So, well, so ascension is about learning your divinity, waking up from the fact that, oh, wait, I'm not just this body. There's more than the 3D. And that whole process of awakening, you know, the meditation, stilling the mind, like all those ascension type practices is to remind you of your divinity and get you into dual awareness where you can be aware that you are human and this spiritual reality simultaneously so you can now do both then the descension process is that process of once you've kind of gone up and out you got to come back down and in so we got to get the higher self into the body so it's about like you know and and the industry is kind of moving in that direction of like the somatic stuff and the embodiment stuff it's preparing the nervous system and the physical vehicle to really hold the whole light of the higher self so you can have your heaven on earth in this body that's that whole sort of downward process it's the feminine path it's it's that whole work Wow. So this is, like you said, kind of opening up in the the metaphysical new age spiritual community, but it is really new. I I can't say that prior to your reading your book that I'd personally heard of a dissension process. Yeah, they call it different things, you know, the the feminine path or they're calling it, you know, embodiment and 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 stuff like that. But yeah, it, it that's what it is. It's we go up and then we have to bring it all down back onto earth. Right. That the purpose wasn't really to not be here. That's just not even logical to me. <laughs> like we all came here. There's a reason for this. Now we need to just sort of unlock that and really do it how it was meant to be done. Interesting. Interesting. So, but this first came to you when you were disillusioned with the teachings that inundate the spirituality industry. Right. Because I had, so I had, like most people, you have trauma and you've got, triggers and patterns and you're like i need some fucking help here and and the religion's not working and 
psychotherapy is not working and you're like, okay, I'm going to try this other thing because people say, you know, the yoga works and meditation works and all this stuff. And I found that I was actually no better off. In fact, I was a little bit worse off because now I was just hyper aware of everything, but still couldn't <laughs> fix it. Right. Like it was still messing up my life. And I was, I was just like, oh, well, I'm so glad I'm aware of all of this, but now how do I heal it? And so I had gotten really like, this shit's not working. This is not working. And there's something missing in these teachings. We're missing a step. And that's when Lucifer came to you. And that's kind of when you started that dissension process and understanding what that meant. Yeah. Like, oh, because, you know, some of us, you know, there's levels to these things. And to say I'm more advanced is just something that's true. Um, I'm not better than anyone in that sense. It's just like I've really dedicated like my entire life to really learning these things. And there's no accounting for soul how long we've been alive and we've done these things for lifetimes. And I was trying to fit into the model of sort of like, you know, where the humans are at and what they're needing to learn. And it just wasn't working for me. And there wasn't enough teachings out there for those of us who had already done that level. And now ready, we're ready for the next level that really is, you know, they've all been mysteries. They're, they're all the mysteries, the temple mysteries, basically, that they're not for everyone. It is dangerous at a certain level of your spiritual journey to do the dissension process. It is, a, it is you have to do things in order right? There's a divine order to everything. So what makes it dangerous though? Like if somebody doesn't do it in that order, that order of operations, could there be some sort of something happening, some frequency shift that maybe they're not ready for? You can get, so, so all the teachings about Lucifer and, and he actually, I think prefers that he likes to be called, Hey, Lel, a lot of other channelers who talk to him, like in, in this form, right? He goes by, Hey, Lel, but, um, okay. A lot of the teachings are not wrong. The flesh can be a trap. Material can be a trap if you don't understand it, right? So the the greed and and all of those things, the materialism that leads to the sort of spiritual, um, what's the word, like all of those, you know, the the elite who who are just kind of like coveting these material things for survival. Right. They're, they're, they're like devoid of like, they're just completely disconnected. Right. Right. Because they don't understand the connection, but like what the material actually is. And so before you do the Ascension practices and you understand the divinity, if you go straight to the material, you can get stuck in it in that sense. Ah. Uh. Right. You become greedy. You become, you know, like 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 lust for just for power over others. And you don't understand that it is, you know, also a vehicle and a tool, if you will. So and and that it, that causes a lot of suffering for the soul when it gets stuck in the body in that way. And, and it, it can be very difficult to get out if you go down first. Ah, so that's really what you're saying is a lot of these people, people that have enslaved others, not necessarily in just slavery, but with material sense, having power over others, they kind of did their dissension process before the ascension process. And that is why things are out of order for those specific people. Yeah, it's just, you know, that it's like all things are true, um, but then like all things are not quite 
true either. Everything out there is is true, but then it's not true. And and a lot of it, it's like, it's sort of like all the pieces are out there, but they're not in the right order. Right. So you really have to train yourself to put those pieces together in the correct order. Exactly. And then the other part of the problem is, is, you know, the ascension process gets to this place where now you're sort of out of your body right and and this this idea of like we need to transcend the physical and be all love and light and and all of that and it's like well that's not correct either it's both right no i totally agree with you because that's where the work is the work is in the material dimension if we're really trying to take this dimension and co-create heaven on earth with our manifestation abilities then that happens here in the material world and if we're out there you know in the ethereal dimensions in the astral planes that work's already done it's perfect over there like th- the work is here yeah it's just absolutely illogical to me to say the point is to not have a body and to be love and light. I was like, well, then how the fuck did we even come here? We already were that. We were already doing that. Yes. That's already what it is. So that can't be right. Like, and that's just, I'm just a very logical minded person in that sense, the very scientific mind. And, and the whole time people were telling me that I was like, that don't make no sense. No, you're not the first person that said that. Actually, I've had other guests that have said similar things where the work is here. We're spiritual beings, but we're in physical bodies. We're meant to do physical work in the physical dimension. Yeah, absolutely. So you're channeling Lucifer. This is just, it's (laughs) mind blowing because it's such a big statement to say, but it took you a minute to get past your previous programming, right? Of course. Yeah. And in the first time he came to me, um, I was like, pause, (laughs) you know, and I have this system now, anytime a new being comes in, I have a system of checks and balances with my security team. Okay. So I'm like, you need to go to security. You need to get checked out. Like, and so I was like, okay. And then I was just like, but I still, Ooh, let me just give me a minute. And then like, I (laughs) called a friend and I was like, yo, have you ever channeled Lucifer? And she, (laughs) And she was like, oh, my God, I have. And so she like, ex- like described him. And I was like, yep, that's how I felt him as well. And like and, and I was like, OK, cool. So got a co-sign. And then so I kind of just let him. So I just sat down and I said, OK, let's just try this out. Right. Let's just see what you got to say. And and we just sort of slowly got to know each other like that is, you know, people don't understand that about other beings is like it's a relationship like any other human relationship right right? there's a process of getting to know each other and and building trust and and all of those things so it was very scary because for me it was like a oh shit am i gonna get tricked into going to the dark side right that was my fear am i getting tricked into working for darth vader right like am i getting tricked to the other side here but that kind of fell away really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, like his energy is unlike any other thing. I mean, first of all, it's massive. Like the gravity of his energy is massive, but like the love is like so palpable and he is so gentle. And like what I realize is he is the counterpart of mother earth. And nobody talks about that. Interesting. Right. He showed up to me kind of in this sort of 
gigantic sort of tree form almost, right? He, it's like, yeah, he's got that sort of horned sort of vibe sometimes. But in, in this form, I, I recognized it as it was like earthly, like it was like a tree. And I was like, oh, shit, you're Mama Earth's husband, <laughs> right? Like you guys have like that is a a unionized, you know, you've got that down here. And, and there's a mirror of that, obviously, in the in the heavens. But it's the counterpart, you know, on a level of like those two things, the the above and below. Do you think that that has something to do with the concept that Lucifer has dominion over earth and this dimension? Like you talked about in your book, how he kind of held the bounds of free will or just kind of that polarity. But do you think that that's where the root of that comes from? Yeah, of course. I mean, there's a huge misunderstanding of of what the 3D is. I mean, so many people think it's like a prison. You're in the flesh prison and you got to get out of the, you know, <laughs> uh, like, you know, we're being punished. And it was we were we were in Garden of Eden and then we fell and it's like a big tragedy. And I'm like, yo, this is fun. Like, this is a game like exactly. very much. Like, like I look at, you know, and one of the newer books I just put out is called the human experience manual. And we talk about that from that perspective of it being the 3D Earth game. Like you logged on to this, like this is Disneyland of the universe. Right. Like and you but like, of course, if you get dropped into an amusement park and you don't know it's an amusement park, that shit is weird and scary. You know, <laughs> yeah, you have no guidebook. Nobody's telling you what's going on behind the scenes. You literally just pop out and you get the information from your parents, society, the external world. And nobody really knows what's going on. No, like imagine you get dropped off on a roller coaster. You wake up <laughs> on a roller coaster and you're like, ah, and you don't know it's a roller coaster. And like, of course, that shit is terrifying. And so that's what a lot of people are experiencing here. So part of the game, though, you said is to rediscover your own divinity and find that awakening to the God experience. Yeah. Well, this dimension's really heavy. Yes. It's, it's really dense. And, and, you know, I, I think in the book we talk about like, it's, it's, it's a realm of forgetting. Like it, yes. it, 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 it's what it does. It's just the nature of the heaviness. It puts you to sleep. And so the first job is to like wake up out of that, like heavy sort of like, blanket that's on you and remember like so that's the first job and that's like it's like being reborn to your true self and waking up and getting the seed out of the ground right towards right. the light like that and it, and it is a, and it's heavy and it's hard and it takes people a lot of lifetimes to get it right but it is the purpose of every lifetime really to just play that game to be in the illusion of separation, the illusion of being away from God, but everything's made out of God. So that's impossible. But so you're in this illusion of being away from God. And then part of the game is rediscovering that. Yeah. That's that the whole game is like, you know, it's, it's sort of just like, God was like, Hey, I'm all here by myself. And then it was like, Oh, I want to experience relationship. I mean, everything is about relationship, but you have to have another to have relationships. So then it was like, well, I'm just going to project out. And then it was just like, I mean, you have, imagine being um, omnipotent, all powerful and eternal. Like eventually you're like, man, I've done it all. What else can I do? Right. And so like, for me, the perspective was just like, I think it would be fun to play hide and seek with myself. <laughs> 
I, I, you know, a lot of people have said that it's really just foundational, true spirituality. Yeah. So God was like, yo, who wants to be in charge? You know, his right hand dude, Archangel Lucifer was like, I got you. And so he was like, okay, I'm going to create an experience of separation from God. How do you do that when literally everything is God? Right. So that's like really a monumental task in and of itself. How do you even create a realm that feels like it's not God when everything is? Right. Uh, yeah. it, no, it's really intense to think about. Right. So that's why it's so intense down here, because all the things that had to be made for us to forget. Otherwise, this game can't happen. Right. Even though it's all made out of God, like you said, it's all God. So how do you make it feel like it's not? How do you make God forget itself? Like that's the, like for like mind blowing monumental task. Lucifer took on that task. Wow. You know, and, and he did not understand, like he said, the depths of sorrow that he would experience in that separation and having to hold that space. Well, Lucifer also claimed to you that he held the wisdom, the hidden jewels of what the material world is and why it's here. And that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, he understands how he made he essentially he made it right. I mean, in, in the sense of the word his archetypal energy was the one that was in charge of creating this realm so that we could play this game. And so, of course, if you create something, you know all about, you know everything about it. You know how it works. You know what it's made out of. You know how, you know, all the little trap doors and how to, you know, navigate. You have the map. He has the map of it, of the material. So when I realized this, so other beings don't necessarily have a good connection with what it's like to be a 3D human. So as I was opening to channel other beings, like they will wreck you, like they'll keep you up for days, right? Just like pff, downloads, 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 and you're and you don't eat, you don't sleep, you, you know, and it like will wreck your physical body until you realize, oh, I need to like, <laughs> as my one of my teachers, Perry Chase talks about, you need to create boundaries with the energy. Like you need to do that. But what I noticed about Lucifer is he would stop me. He would say that's enough for today. Because he could feel my physicality and he has the understanding of what I need as a physical being. And even I would come to him and say, okay, I'm ready. He said, not today. You need to rest. So he felt you kind of being depleted from the experience and didn't want you to be like super depleted. Right. So it's like he has, unlike other of the other beings on the other realms, he really understands the physical and the material. Interesting. Well, because like you said, he, from your perspective, is the one that created all of this. He was assigned that task from yeah. source, you could say. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So is Lucifer different in concept from the devil or Satan? Because we get these concepts fed to us through religion, through media, but I've heard various different opinions on what Archangel Lucifer specifically is and that Lucifer is actually different from Satan or the devil. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, so one of the main teachings that he teaches, and, and here's the, the sort of mind fuck of the game. <laughs> it, it's a complete, it's a, it's an unconditional free will experience, which means 
whatever he says, whatsoever you believe is true. So for even though there's, you know, universal truth and sort of absolute truth, which, which is that he has nothing to do with evil or anything evil. People who believe that he is evil will experience him as evil. Interesting. That the whole construct conforms to what you believe unconditionally. Interesting. So yeah. these people that are, let's say, Satan worshipers or putting it through that filter, they're going to experience that because that's what they're projecting out in the universe. They're creating that. And then it comes back to them. It's like their own creation. Yeah. You will not be able to convince them that they have not experienced Lucifer in that way because for them, they have Interesting. But is that the authentic Archangel Lucifer or is no. that a mind projection? That is their creation. Right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It gets multidimensional and hard for the <laughs> brain to kind of hold everything. Well, yeah. you, you know, if people that have studied people that kind of know these topics can kind of grasp this, it's really interesting. So then how does Archangel Lucifer process these experiences that are being done in his name or derivative names, like uh, child sacrifice, human sacrifice, these various rituals that are happening. You're saying that Archangel Lucifer as his core has nothing to do with this, but yet all of this is happening. How do you think he feels about that? I mean, he's deeply saddened by those things, of course, but like God, he's unconditionally loving. Right. And he is, like the advocate, the proponent, the protector of free will. And, and that is unconditional. And there is no, no one ever anywhere is going to come down and take the free will of any human being to choose evil. That's the point. You can't have infinite choices without being able to choose the dark side. So it has to be there and it has to be a choice. And it, it, it's just, it must be allowed in the unconditional infinite nature of the universe of our infinite unconditional free will. Oh, that's so powerful. But I've often heard that, that darker energy, the energy that exists in that lower frequency, the darker polarity, what you're saying is the dark side is easier to tap into than the higher frequency light information that requires more work, but the darker energy seems to be more accessible. And when people engage in these behaviors, they tap into it right away. It's very seductive, that energy. Yes. I've heard that so much. It's in, everyone's going to have their dark side test. I had mine. I have helped a lot of my, you know, friends and soul family through their dark side tests that we call it. Um, it's part of the game. It's the, the point of the game in a way can you resist the seductive nature of like sort of just giving up to like how strong is your desire for god right like that is kind of like like if i give you free will will you choose me that's this kind of part of that that game right you know on, on a level even though it's harder, significantly harder to choose God. Um, in on a level, it is, yeah. Just depending because you know, it's easy to be a, a 
you know, a shitty, terrible person and to not care about anyone else, of course. But as you do the ascension work, right, the point of that is to be like, oh, my God, everyone is me. Right. And once you really embody that, you cannot hurt or harm another because it's not actually benefiting you the way you think that it is. It's only actually hurting you as well. So you have to learn another way to go about getting what you want in, in those senses. Yes. And you said in your book that releasing the judgments of which you call evil is the work at hand because it's all God. Mm, that one's the hard one. It really is because you really have to have a multidimensional hyper aware perspective to separate yourself and realize that it's all God, but somehow this behavior, these situations are happening that you don't resonate with. You don't align with and seem to be hurting other people yet. Somehow it's all God. Yeah. You know, what happens is that the separation causes a forgetting of the infinite source of light. And we are beings of light. And there is this very inherent survival nature that says, I need light to survive. But if you don't know there's an infinite source, you're going to start stealing it from others. Ooh. And that's, that's really what happens is they forget that there is some. And like my work with demons literally looks like this. Yo, hey, you know, you don't have to do this, right? Like there's an infinite source of power up there infinite bro like you could just plug in and like you ain't got it and they're like seriously they don't even they just don't know no one told them you don't got to do this bro like there is you can plug in directly to the source and they're like oh my god thank you for telling me that but is it because they exist in these lower astral dimensions where that's harder to access and they need a interface point or intermediary like yourself to help them yeah yeah, I just actually um, I was helping my daughter with some stuff and I had to open a portal to to clear out an entity. And, and then I had this whole like group of beings who were like, yo, hey, can we get safe passage? I was like, first of all, you work on the light side. Or I'm like, you guys are on the dark side, so I'm going to need a minute to like check you out. First of all, <laughs> you know, as I was talking to him, they were so they were like like lower dimensional like beings, but they were like dimension surf. They were like kind of like surfer dudes, but like from like the dark side. But they were like, but we heard about this light thing Weird. and we want to try it out. Whoa. And I was like, oh, OK, Whoa. so I like gave them a second, you know, and I was like, not sure. And they're like, well, maybe another time I was like, no, nah, it's today or never. So let's just give me a minute. And then eventually I like, you know, I brought my security team in like I do and I checked them out and made sure like it wasn't like some weird trick or whatever. And then I let them pass through and they went to the portal and they, you know, got their little whatever They're They the whole like group of them. Wow. Yeah. That's so intense to think about because it just speaks to the fact that there's so many dimensions. There's so many different beings existing on all of these dimensions. And a lot of them aren't necessarily conscious that there's other things going on. There's very little that's actually evil. So most of the demons I've ever come across, like it, when, at least when I was doing that sort of active duty work, they're all slaves. They don't know that there's another way, right? They're just in it in that sort of deep, like they've like, you know, whatever they sold their soul somehow. Right. And I just, anyone who's not seen star Wars has to watch that. Like it's just such a template for what this whole game really is about. And how does one get to the dark side? Right. Like 
it, it's never evil. It's always out of love. And it's always from a fear of, you know, of lack or losing or something. It's never, people aren't evil. Not a single one. They are only trying to get their needs met in the best way that they know how. And some of them just don't know how to do it any other way. You know, it's really interesting. I don't know if you know this. Do you know that Joseph Campbell actually designed the mythology of Star Wars? Um, Joseph Campbell being essentially the Einstein of spirituality and mythology, he was hired by George Lucas to tap into several archetypal energies from all of these different cultures around the world and just create the ultimate archetypal spirituality. That's why it resonates with so many people. And that's why, like you're saying, it could be used as a template because it actually is rooted in true archetypal spirituality. Yeah, that's all that happens. It's like somebody in a state of fear who is desperate not to lose something that is precious to them and they're willing to give up their sovereignty over it and then they become a slave to the dark side. I mean, that that's that's just in a nutshell what happens. And then the more you get in it, the heavier, you know, there's like it's just like the more you get into something, the more that groove in the brain gets deeper and it's harder to get out of. It's just it's just what it is. But then, you know, people got to climb out of that. They need to be reminded, you know, that there's another choice. You have choice. Even slaves have choice. Right. Everyone always has a choice. People really want to be like, well, I don't have a choice. No, you don't have any choices that you like. But you have a choice. Well, a lot of people have been programmed that they don't have a choice, that they can only exist in this certain bandwidth of experience and dimensional experience. And it's, it, they just feel trapped. I think a lot of it's by design. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely beings and, and factions of groups of people who definitely take advantage of that. I don't personally believe that anyone specifically evil, like has a plan to be evil. I think that they notice a weakness and then they, exploit it but if they were tapped into that ascension information they would know that they're only hurting themselves and they wouldn't choose that right like what's going on just in our world in general is so parasitic and i'm just like why don't you just water the fucking garden and it'll keep feeding you like i don't get it right and and it's because they just don't even recognize that i'm like there's nothing wrong with you getting what you're getting but if you just nurtured where it's coming from it would always be there. Yes, because it's all made out of God and it's all infinite. And that's it's where abundant. people are lost. It's yeah. infinitely abundant, but they don't know that. And so what they're doing is they're taking as much as they can before it runs out. <laughs> Which is laughable if you have any sport sort of training, you know that it's infinite. Right. So I'm sitting there like watching them, like <laughs> just like trying to hoard the thing. And I'm just like, y'all, like it's never going to run out. Like right. you should relax. <laughs> Your God stash. I got a whole bunch of God stashed over here. Just in right, case. Like, <laughs> it's funny to me. I mean, you know, we get a good laugh out of it back here. Well, behind the scenes. well, yeah, but you know, we're very rare people that grasp these concepts. There's billions, literally billions of people on this planet that have no clue about what we're talking about or just haven't received that information. Yeah. And that's the other thing, you know, I, my, my issue with the spiritual community and those that aren't quite at a place where I'm at, as far as being a spiritual teacher is that I'm like, y'all need to relax too. Okay. This game is infinite. Like all those quote unquote sheeple you're so upset about, like they have 
eternity to figure it out. Like you just leave them alone. Let them figure it out. It's totally <laughs> fine. Right. Like we are like, like I'm always like, I'm like a playground monitor. Okay. Like I'm out here, I'm letting the kids play. I'm only going to intervene if something's like really serious, but what I'm not going to do is go up to a group of five-year-olds and say, why are you playing that game? That game is stupid. You shouldn't be playing that game. You should be playing this game instead. Right. And I'm just, so I see other teachers doing that to people and I'm like, you know, like let them run their game. <laughs> like, let them play. Okay. They're going to figure it out. It's okay. Yeah. It's just that healing, uh, you know, com- compelling, compellingness, the compulsion to heal people is kind of where that comes from, I think. But I agree with you and what you're saying, but I think that that's the root of it. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's another thing I think a lot of healers and teachers need to really examine. And, and that's like, where are you on the victim triangle? And are you still on the victim triangle? Cause we, you know, I was a starting gate rescuer. I definitely felt like I had to rescue people. And then I recognized honestly, how arrogant that was to not allow them their free will and their sovereignty and their own power. And so that's why I just was like, Oh, I'm just going to have an information boost. Whoever fucking needs it can come and see me. I'm not here to tell you what you need or to just, I'm not going to hard sell you door to door. I've got this tool. You need this tool, (laughs) right? I don't know what you need. Like, I don't. So I like, you can tell me what you need and I got you. But like, I don't know. Other than that, like, I've really, like, I had to just take a step back and be like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, I have no interest in that sort of teaching anymore. And well, it sounds like it's a development process though. Like you've reached this stage. It's just a different degree. Like you said, there's people at different degrees of where they're at. That doesn't mean anyone's better than anywhere else. You just happen to be in a different place and where you're at. I mean, your energy is amazing. So it just feels like what you're saying is just very authentic and just true to who you are. Yeah. Yeah. It's where it's where I'm at. And, you know, like my personal human journey has been not unlike anyone else's personal human journey. You know, I've had a lot of insecurities. I've had a lot of like, wait, is this okay for me to be this way? Everyone else is like this. I don't fit in. Why don't I fit in? Right. I'm a spiritual teacher, right? I should fit in this group when really it was like, you know, this process of being like of self acceptance, which is everyone's process. Yes. It's the same work for everyone. It's just, you know, different sort of pieces and components, but it's the same thing. Can you love yourself where you are with what you are and with what you know right now and with all your flaws and, you know, imperfections and, you know, like it was, it was a lot at first to like accept that I like, I was like, Oh, what am I going to tell people that I'm channeling Lucifer? Like, <laughs> you know, like, like, oh my God. Like I definitely had like a freak out of like, when I put the book out, like the day that I like published, I was like shaking and sweating. Right. Cause I was just like, oh my God, like what's going to happen? Are they going to come with the pitchforks? Like, <laughs> you know, like, is there like a mob going to come try to come after me? Like, it was so scary. Or suddenly you'll be just like shunned. Like you'll just be on the list right. of people not to talk to. Right. But, it, but it was the truth and it was what was true to do. And I just have always followed that. And I just did it and nothing fucking happened. 
It right. was all fun. <laughs> yeah, and, and you've had books since then. But a couple questions that I want to ask you because you brought sure. this up. What is a sovereign creator? I heard you use that term. I want you to clarify that a little bit. So us, right, the whole universe, like all being made of God, because there's only one substance, right? Yes. So everything is just one 100%. thing. 100%. Right. It's made of the one thing. And we are fractals, actually, and, and holograms of the creator on all of the levels. And have you ever seen? So one of my favorite movies is The Adjustment Bureau. Have not seen that one. It is about earning your free will and it is brilliant. So uh -huh. I, I suggest that everybody watch that movie because it's just, it's about free will and it just, it will enlighten you to that space of like, yes, we all have free will, but we have to earn it. Interesting. We have to earn it in a way. Um, and you have to become sovereign in yourself and be able to, you know, hold yourself and not be on that victim triangle of, oh, I have to do this and I don't have a choice here. And knowing that you have free will, that in every moment, it's your choice. You are participating in everything that happens to you, no matter what that is. Now, aside from children, right, we won't talk about that. And like, obviously, they aren't able to make certain choices, you know, like in the context of abuse and stuff like that. But like as an adult, you always have a choice somewhere and you are always participating somewhere. Sometimes that is on, on the unconscious level where you're carrying a frequency that just magnetizes that experience to you, but that's still your responsibility to heal that. Right. Like that is like everyone has responsibility for their own actions. Of course, an abuser is responsible for their abuse, but you are responsible for whatever it is in you that is a match to that. That attracted that into your life, you're saying. Or how you're allowing it or, or perpetuating or participating. Like there's always a piece somewhere that you can say, oh, this is mine and I own this and I have power here and I can choose here something different. So that is where the sovereign creator comes from. Right. Where you are not being acted upon any longer, where you recognize that you can create your own experience here. Ah, okay. Okay. So then you essentially just, you're coming into your power, that divinity, that aspect of yourself, you're now creating your life. Yeah. You break out of the matrix, as they say, wow. and now you are able to decide what now see, this is kind of the weird thing when people think, <laughs> Oh, you break out of the matrix. Yeah. But you still got to put a program in to play right in it. But now you get to choose the program instead of it being chosen for you. Ah, yes. You're writing the programming. You are writing your own programming. You are choosing your own experiences, choosing your own adventure here. Wow. That's, that's really intense. That, so that is the concept of the sovereign creator to really just design your own life, design the life you want, take control of your manifestation abilities, that inner divinity, that, that God spark, that is truly the creative power and make your own life the way you want it to be. And a lot of people don't want that. So they want freedom from responsibility, but real freedom is like, crazy intense personal responsibility because literally 
to you. There's nobody you can't be like, oh, well, it's because of them or the government or this or that. No, my parents. No, I am responsible for this showing up in my life. And if I don't want it, I have to do the work to change it. And it's heavy and it's not fun. And the ego doesn't enjoy it very much. It like blame is fun. It's easy. It's smooth. <laughs> it's like, I don't, it's not mine. I don't got to do, no, oh, you know, but you, but it doesn't create change or transformation. So some people shy away from it. They get to that level of development and it's, it's too much of a burden. You could say to d- design your own life. It's a, it's, it's a lot. It's like, you know, and I, I think it's, you know, it can be sort of like the metaphor would be like someone who's been in prison for a really long time and they're so used to the regimen and the, the really like very specific, like being told what to do at every moment of every day. And then they get out and now they are responsible for when do I wake up? When do I have breakfast? When, what do I go? What do I do? And it's a lot. And, and some of those people can't actually handle being out. Right. And then they end up committing a crime and going back in because it's too go much. Back. And that's, that's the metaphor for, for, for the human as well, just in general life, because it does take a lot of personal responsibility to be sovereign, to own your life and to be willing to be like, damn, I, Oh, like, I really want that to be someone else's fault. I really want that to be someone else's responsibility. I really want someone else to have to do the work to clean that up. But this is when you talk about in your book, the importance of being present versus self-judgment. Like all of that, you're talking about that victim, all of that, that victim mentality is self-judgment. But if you let go of the judgment of yourself, then that empowers you even more to take on that challenge of being a sovereign creator. Yeah, there's, you know, there's this idea because we are perfect in spiritual truths, right? And on the spiritual level, there is a perfection there. And and there's like a, a bleed through. We do remember things as humans before we wake up. And one of those things is we remember that we're perfect. And that's like the reason we try to be perfect humans. And so, but you're like, what the, the but human is not perfect, right? And when you when you start to realize that, it's all perfect. So even things that look like mistakes or look like wrong turns or look like you're wasting your time. Like, I mean, this whole design is just so beautiful and it's like awe-inspiring, like how even if you take a detour in the wrong direction, you're going to end up where you need to be and you're going to get everything you need somehow. (sighs) That's the information. It's wow. It's so amazing, right? Because there's only one destination. doesn't matter what direction you go. You're going to get what you need and you're going to get to where you need to get to. It's designed that way. Okay. So in your book, though, you do say that there is nothing you can do to lose the love of your creator. But what about karma? I mean, what about these, this, this energetic baggage that people carry from lifetime to lifetime? How does that work together? Karma is just... Um, that has nothing to do with God. Karma is an energetic law, right? What goes up must come down. It's all about balance and, and um, harmonizing. So karma isn't doled out by anyone other than yourself. If you are completely free and clear and you, whatever fucked up thing you did to someone, you're not going to get karma from that. Really? It's about holding the, the self-judgment. That creates if the your karma. own disapproval 
of anything that creates the backlash in in one sense right but it's it's an energetic thing so like it's it's really about like you know money is a good example of it if you keep putting something on a tab and you never pay off that tab you owe that money or vice versa that money is owed to you what's better is to pay the price for it and not pay more than you need to pay and not pay less than you need to pay it's just it's an energetic sort of law that just kind of runs in the universe in this particular you know particular game like it's just it keeps things at at an equilibrium if you if you pay too much it tips the balance and that has to be balanced that's all karma is it's just energetic balance so what about people that are doing like i guess what we could perceive as heinous acts or things that are really despicable but yet they somehow don't see it as that so they're not going to deal with the karma they won't deal with it immediately i think like so what happens in that sense that's more of a they will experience the consequence of it because they're doing it to themselves right exactly so that it's it's not like so karma is more like energetic but there's always consequences to actions also so it's a little bit of a separate thing from my perspective where karma is a sort of energetic thing if i feel bad about something i'm going to punish myself for it and that's right? where the karma comes into play that's karma there's a a real consequence of if you're starving yourself your body is going to have a real consequence someone who's doing heinous crimes taking starving you know, whatever, cutting people off from their divinity or the source or whatever, they're only doing that to themselves. So eventually they will experience the result uh, of that cause and effect. Wow. So there's just different layers. There's the direct self-imposed karma and then the consequences of actions that are based in universal law. Right. Exactly. Oh, wow. So did you feel like when you were channeling this information that it was beyond you, like some of the things were new to you or maybe you weren't consciously aware of some of the concepts and you actually learned from it? Um, I think like, no, not really. What it did was confirm what I was suspicious of, right? It's like <laughs> I learned all these things and I'm like, eh, that's not really, that doesn't make sense. I don't know. Nah, uh. And then like everything he told me, I was like, oh, thank you that is exactly what i was thinking this whole time <laughs> so it was more of, of that aha uh -huh, like confirmation confirmation affirmation and just really getting things that you had kind of floating around externally solidified exactly like in given words and like a way to sort of communicate it or or explain it why well, I, I always thought it was interesting that even in uh religious mythology that the Lucifer character, the archangel was always still an angel. And there was even uh, stories in the Bible where uh, he was still treated as an angel. So I always thought that that was really interesting. And, and how could an angel fall? It just, it, none of it really made sense to me looking at it through a religious filter. Well, now that's probably honestly just um, language translation, right? To go down a word that means to go down and create could mean could be translated as to fall very easily. 
So and, like, and this is also just human language problems. Right. And then that gets interpreted as something negative and evil. Right. And exactly. then the mythology continues and kind of spirals and steamrolls from there. And we get it's the like pitchfork the devil with the t- pointy tail. Yeah. It's the game of telephone <laughs> where everything just gets all like, that's not what I said. You know, like I, you know, Jesus was the first one that I like was in constant contact with as a channel and he's hilarious. And he just, anytime someone mentions him, he'll be like, I didn't say that. Like, you know, he just like, is like in the peanut gallery in my ear all day long. And, 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 and it's like, these things just got misinterpreted and lost in translation along the way. And then because humans are so fearful um, as you know, they're as the animal that they are, they're very scared and lost in this universe and they are going to interpret, right? Anything coming in is, is pretty much neutral. And then you have a choice as to what meaning you're going to give it. And, and, but as a fearful sort of based human, it's going to give it the negative right. connotation. Especially when it's coming from outside of the material third dimension. That, that already is scary for some people. Like, you yeah, know, and, yeah. then, and then if it has any sort of different frequency, then that could be even scarier. Because like you said in your book, it is the dark side of the light, but it's still the light. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, you know, that that's the thing that I had to get really used to. So like, as I was going through my own sort of personal awakening and understanding myself and trying to learn my frequency, I was like, why is my frequency so dark? Right? Like the root chakra, the earth, the under the earth is dark. It's red. It's right. Like, like it's, and I was like, but that's still on the light spectrum. But everyone just kind of says, no, 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 just these up here. This is light. Yeah, but this is still light. And actually, literally everything is light. There isn't anything that isn't right. light. But this is still existing within what people would call light. It would be like in that bandwidth, essentially. Like it's not in the pure evil. Like even though you're saying it's all an illusion and it's all made out of God, which is all true. But still in the game, in the illusionary game, that energy isn't existing in the pure evil aspect. But evil is subjective. I know. There are people who think I'm very, very evil. Really? Oh, for sure. I don't get that vibe from you at all. I am like evil. Like, Like the way I live my life, my lifestyle, the way I raise my kids, the things that I do. Like, oh my God, of course, that is from their perspective evil that's that that's because it's just all relative evil is relative interesting well what you're doing i feel like isn't actually hurting anybody like nobody's persecuted no, or oppressed of course not. Of so course to me not. that's yeah. how what i define evil as right. persecution sure. oppression yeah. you know hurting someone enslaving someone i don't think anything but, you're doing is in that realm but if you were to really go and understand those people you would not be able to hold them as being evil any longer because there would be a very logical reason why they believe they're doing what they're doing. Right. It's not the choice that you would make, but it's the choice that they made from what, and if you were exactly in their place, the fact of the likelihood that you would do the same thing is really high. 
Right, because that you're existing in their frequency and their thinking right. and all of that. And that's where that like starting to have compassion for evil and being willing to say, holy cow, if I believed what they believed and was raised how they were raised and and were in the situation that they were in, I would 99% of the time make that same choice. And you have to, and you go, wow. Yeah, I wow. mean, it really is the higher perspective because you're looking outside of the illusion and you're seeing just the process and understanding that we're all human and we all pretty much think and act the same way based on certain situations yep and that that is a very advanced pose it was definitely not for everybody (laughs) like it took me a very long time to get to that place where i could see evil things that were truly evil and see the sovereignty in everything and see the sovereignty of the victims not necessarily of their human selves, but of their soul selves to say, I trust their journey. I trust their power. I trust that they have, that there is a reason for all of it and that they have choice and power. All everyone, like I, I have to trust that. Right. But where you're at now as Penelope Badger like you, you wouldn't make those choices. Like you know Absolutely enough not. now to make the right choices and stay in the frequency right. that you want to be in. Exactly. And that's not because I'm not capable or that those things aren't also in me. It's that I am choosing not to. <laughs> that's amazing. Cause it's, it's such a, a powerful thing. Yeah. And, and you're making the right choice. It's a, it's, Really intense because like you said, anybody at any time, I mean, literally you think about people that are considered like super high frequency beings, you know, they're like devoted their life to altruism or compassionate things like mother Teresa and, you know, Teek not Han. They're just as capable of making the choice to do the evil things that people perceive as negative and evil. They just don't make that choice. There's many cases where they do make that choice. Oh my God. As they get up into that, you know, higher level and they're getting all the attention and they're making all the money. And then all of a sudden you have all these allegations of abuse and, and embezzlement and all of those things. And it's because there, you know, there's a disconnect there somewhere um, in that, in that process of, you know, the ascension descension process. And it's a very, the descension process is a very delicate process. It is very powerful. And like you said, it does take, advanced training. Like literally it does take advanced training. You have to spend years developing yourself in the ascension sense before you could even tackle or think about your dissension process. Yeah, absolutely. And like what they wanted me to do is sort of start to bring it in. Other teachers are doing this too. My teacher, Perry Chase is definitely doing the dissension work though. I don't know that she calls it that, but it's all very similar. Um, but there's a very few of us that are, that are, there's more now, but you know, it's like you said, like it, it was more of like an introduction because there are those that are ready for it and it needs to be available. It's not necessarily going to be a mass thing for the mass practice, you know, but there are enough people who have done enough Ascension work that can now start to work on that next chapter of their evolution. Ah. Really powerful. Would you say that dissension work is the same as shadow work? Because shadow work is a really big thing right now in metaphysical new age communities. But what do you think about that? 
oh, you know, now I wish I had, I actually have an outline of the different pieces of each of the things. And I believe <laughs> that um, shadow work is like in between. So you do the ascension work and then you go, oh, look, all this light. What are all these shadows? Right. It, it reveals all the shadows. And then you go about doing your shadow work before you can begin the dissension work. And then you continue to do the shadow work. It, it becomes, you know, something that you just do forever. Right. In a way, um, because we're never going to know ourselves 100 percent in the ever expanding nature of everything. There's always going to be something that's unknown to discover. But at first, it's like the shadow work thing. We're like, oh, I got to go like, oh, like, you know, you go up and it's really jarring. Actually, you get enlightened or you have like you know, all this light in your system and then you see all this dirt <laughs> <laughs> everywhere and you're like, oh, that's disgusting. And so there's this phase where there's like this disgust with oneself about how really messy and dirty you actually are. And then you start doing the cleanup work of the shadow work. But then later it becomes more of a discovery fun process. Ooh, something I don't know about myself. Something to new to experience, to discover, right? To just always be in this awe and wonder of like the, the un unraveling of, of self and, and getting to know yourself and wow. <clears throat> that whole process that I think was the reason God created all this in the first place. Yeah, this whole game. So you're saying there is a little bit of overlap in the shadow work concepts with the dissension work process, but really dissension is the more advanced version of the shadow work. Like shadow work, like you said, is understanding the dirt, you know, you see that and then the dissension is really taking it to a whole deeper level. Well, keep in mind, there are no hard lines anywhere. Okay. So it's not like this stops and then this begins and then this stops and this begins. Everything is like, you know, like as you, I've, I've started learning to like draw, right? Because my visual acuity, my visual sense is not as strong. And what you notice when you start looking at the world to draw is there are no hard lines. It's all gradation. It's all value change. So that's just sort of the thing. You do the ascension work and then you start to do the shadow work and then you start to go, oh, there's literally things in my physical body. My nervous system needs to be reprogrammed. You start working on the physical vehicle suit part of it to expand its ability to hold more and more of your light body, of your light self. And it's all sort of a simultaneous spiral working process. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're really helping people understand more about this because that's kind of the purpose of this podcast is to help new people that are just coming onto this information, coming into it to get an interface point, to have a place to where they can process this. And sometimes they have to listen to episodes multiple times to get all the information. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, 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 um, you know, it gives you sort of something to look forward to, right? Because as you start <laughs> to do the descension process, you get, you realize that like, oh, this body is made of pleasure and it was all made to feel good. Your feelings, your sensations, the, the physical senses. And, and like, once you start to reprogram everything that, you know, that's why I'm like, this is like, we're supposed to experience heaven on earth in a body because yes. being in a body is like 
so sensational and like, wow, like it's an experience, you know, that like you can only have in the 3D. That's what we came here for was to have the human body experience. Yes. And we've been programmed that a lot of sensual activity, even sexual activity is considered evil. Like, especially if you're truly expressing yourself in your fullness of sexuality, that could be perceived as hedonism. Right. Well, really, the concept of evil is anything that is separates you from God or brings you further away from source. And so anything can be used as evil if you are using it as to separate, right, rather than to connect. Uh, So it doesn't matter what it is. And of course, sex can be used to be, you know, disconnected, to take energy from people, to it can be used as a way to separate more or it can be used as a tool, you know, I mean, just like a hammer, right? You can build things with a hammer. You can destroy things with a hammer. It's it's just a tool. It's like, what are you using it for? Interesting. Wow. Because that's a perspective that honestly isn't out there very much. Like I said, people view hypersexuality as hedonism, that somehow it takes you away from God because you're just, you know, diving into the flesh, you know, and just consuming. But it can, and they're not wrong. Right. It's just on how your approach is. Yeah, it just depends on your understanding of it and your, again, everything. I like that some of the higher beings call these things technologies, like the technology of sex, the technology of yoga, because it gives you a better perspective on like that. It's a tool. Sex is a tool. Meditation is a tool. Yoga is everything's a tool. Now, what are, are you going to create something with that or are you going to destroy something with that? And literally anything can be used in any direction. It's just a matter of application. Yeah. And understanding. And, and, but, but then, you know, people demonize the tool because they see the destruction that sex can, can lead to, for example, is a big one. And really it's not sex. That's the problem. It's the repression of it that leads to the perversions and the, the ways that it kind of like explodes out of people in really nasty ways because sexual energy is our life force energy. Right. So as you're repressing that, it's only it's going to come out, you know, as they say, come out of your ears, come out of like in in really weird ways and it explodes and it, you know, and then people blame the tool. They blame the sexual energy. They blame the thing when it's not that at all. It's the repression. It's the bottling up of any energy. It, It creates pressure. I mean, this is science. You contain energy. It starts to accumulate and eventually it's going to explode. And if you're not channeling it in the direction that it needs to go, then it ends up in ways you don't want it to, or maybe people don't want to experience. Yeah, absolutely. So do you believe that everything you channeled in this specific book is accurate? Do you feel like there was anything that you were getting information about that you were questioning where you're like, well, is this accurate or am I being messed with? Or what do you think about that? Do you feel like it's all a hundred percent legitimate in your mind? Um, yeah, I do actually. I, um, my, I've, I've over the years worked very diligently with being able to feel truth in my body and understand what's true and what's not true. And so anything that wasn't accurate, didn't get in, put into the book. It didn't even make it in there. I won't put it in if I'm like, ah, like it's got to land and be like, damn, that feels 
true in my body. If there's a question or I'm kind of like not sure, then I'll ask for clarification. And, and sometimes like I'm a human, sometimes my human gets in the way and I'm not as pure, right. As I'm translating what's coming through. Cause I'm translating. Sometimes they speak to me in words, but other times it's like a frequency. And then I have to like the poet in me has to, find words that are the closest approximation to explain what they're saying, you know, and that that's like, that's why some channels are more accurate than others. It's not that the information coming through isn't accurate. It's that it's going through the channels filters. So how clean is the channels filters and how much are they able to put themselves aside and not have their own, ideas and judgments about what's coming through. And that's really the challenge of being a channel. And do you feel like you're pretty advanced in that sense that you can separate from that and just get the download and then translate it as a poet, like you said, without interjecting yourself? For the most part, I do because the place that I'm at is I don't have a soapbox. Okay. (laughs) I don't don't have an agenda of what I want people to think or know. So that makes it that for me, that makes me an excellent channel because I don't care what's coming through. I'm just going to bring it through and let people use it how they want to use it. I I don't necessarily have like you can you know, you can feel the channel in some channelings. And I really do my best to just if I feel myself in a channeling, I don't put that out. It's not it's not pure. I have to work that out first. Okay. I'll I'll bounce it over to someone else that I know who can at least confirm, right? Like I'll, I'll, I'll check myself with other channels to make sure that what I'm pulling through is the neutral information and not something I've just made up because I think it sounds good. Interesting because you feel like that the human being just not even yourself, but a human channeler like that, the ego maybe, or some aspect of your humanity wants to filter itself in there. For sure. Yeah. And, and I do have judgments and, and, but you know, and well, like you said, like getting to a place where you don't like where you let go of the judgments of yourself and you can say like, yeah, I'm a judgy bitch about some things for sure. (laughs) And like, I, because I'm, okay with that i'm not gonna hide when it's happening so if something comes through and i'm like i don't want to say that i don't want to i'm not i don't want to put that out there then like i know that i gotta go take a time out i need to work through why am i judging that right like i go do my personal work and then i can be clear otherwise i just won't do it i won't do a work that i have personal feelings about because then it gets muddy, like you say, and then it can be inaccurate. And, uh, and I don't like that. Okay. Like interesting. I, as a human can teach what I want to teach as my human self can be like, okay, well, this is what I know. And I'm telling you what I know. And there's going to be inaccuracies in that. And there's going to be a lack of research in that. And there's going to be all of those things for sure. But as a channel, like my duty is to be as clear as possible and to get the fuck out of the way. Right. As all channelers should. I mean, that's really the purpose of channeling. So after you channeled Lucifer and you wrote this amazing book, which I highly recommend reading, um, had there been new channelings or have you kind of strayed away from it for a minute? 
Um, I did. I have taken a break, but as it happens, you know, like I said, I'm like, oh, I haven't done much. And then I was like, I put out two new books after that. Like, you know, I've done courses and new books and stuff since then. Um, I Lilith is the one who is probably going to be next. I actually oh. have a list of of books in that series. So it's it's called the Beyond the Veil. Yes. I was going to ask you about that. There's more coming in the Beyond the Veil series. More. Yeah. And so um, Lilith will probably be the next one because she's also very misunderstood in in the, you know, the genre of stuff. And then um, Sekhmet wants to speak, of course, and one with Bastet, one with Isis. Um, Archimedes is a very he's lovely. He, he like really understands the construct and how reality works and he's very like to the point and straightforward with it so he has a lot of things to say about that you know bastet has a very feminine divine feminine teachings of how to really um you know she's the one that assisted me with like my new book and my new projects with that um the divine feminine stuff and you know segment just she's a lioness she likes to be on stage so she wants to do she always wants to do things. So we're going to do something with her. And, and then Isis has all the sacred sexuality teachings. And Wow. But Lucifer's in the background somewhere. Do you think there'll be a sequel book? Will there be more information coming from Lucifer in this series? I know you just outlined a lot of great energies, archetypal yeah, you know, energies. Funny, like, like he feels really complete with this one. And I, I do check in periodically to be like, is there anything else you would like to say? And he feels very complete. Okay. This one. And I just think that, I mean, probably in the future, maybe as it, as it's needed. Yes. As humanity develops, once you get as through it, this as series. They catch up. Yeah. As they catch up to it and, and but yeah, I haven't been called to it. And I think it's in the book, like how I like really resisted him for so long. And I was yes. like, no, no, maybe it's someone else. And and then I but I felt the call was so strong to like do something and channel. And I and I finally just surrendered to God. And I was just like, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And I woke up with Morningstar in my mind and I was like, great. <laughs> well, you did do an incredible book. And then there is that Q and a section where you kind of cap off certain things that were kind of left open-ended you felt like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wanted to clear up some things. Um, Cause when I channel, I sort of just write what they're saying. And then as a human, I have questions or I'm needing clarification. So part of my job is to make the information accessible to other humans. Right. So as a human, I can say, this is not clear can you clarify this? Cause these people are going to have this question. So let's go back and, ah. and make sure that we kind of round that up. So like I have to end as a teacher, right. I anticipate the questions that people might have. And so I make sure to try to address those ahead of time. I thought you did a great job. So you're saying though, that he's kind of always there. Like you can tap into that frequency really anytime you want to, you're getting kind of the information, like it's good. You got the right information down in your book, but he's still there. You can tap into it if you want to. I mean, all nows are now all infinite possibilities are now. Everything's now all dimensions <laughs> are now. 
So you can tap into anything, anywhere, anytime. It's they're all here right now. It's like it, it reminds me of that last scene in the labyrinth where they all show up and they're all behind her, like, we're always here for you, right? That's like how I feel like all the beings are just always available. Like, but they, you know, the the difference that people can tell. So the difference really between like a dark side entity and uh and a light side one is a light side one will respect your free will always. The dark side entities, not so much. They'll get in your space. They're like like bad people who don't respect boundaries. They just come in and, you know, they try to mess with you. But so when you're working or want to connect with things, you have to ask. They don't most of the time won't just. Barge in. Yeah, they, they won't. They will knock on my door. At least they will be like, hi, hey. <laughs> but they don't like they don't necessarily impose they'll just kind of be like and i'll be like fine what do you right. want to say right like okay let's have a chat but most of the time they just i've learned to set really good boundaries with them though because over the years i definitely got knocked out a lot physically yeah you were saying you, you drained you your days at a time you were saying yeah now we have good relationships where i can be like nope that's gonna have to wait Right. Well, you are advanced and what an incredible interview. We've had. I can't, this, we've actually hit the hour and a half mark. I can't right. even believe that we went through this so quickly. That's how, you know, it's a good interview when you literally get outside of time. Just we're, yeah. we're we have this rapport, we're going back and forth and the information's flowing and all of a sudden it's an hour and a half later. That, that's how, you know, it's, it's amazing. And I really appreciate you being here. I want to tell people where to find you. Yeah. So Penelope Badger.com has kind of just the central hub. It's yes. got all the things I do, my music, my one-on-one -on -one sessions. I do have some like self-study monthly programs, you know, um, the order of that is sort of there's goddess school, which is very foundational for, for people that are brand new. Obviously I tend to cater more towards women. Um, Aside from the first module, I think anyone can use it, man, woman, or, you know, whatever. Um, and then there's a shadow work essentials program after that. And that's again, sort of the middle ground of, and there's a twin flame form, like a twin flame formula program in there as well. Um, Cause I know that's a big topic for a lot of people. That's also really kind of misunderstood. And then the new thing, the next level, the dissension work is all the woke pussy work, which again, mostly focused on women. Um, but men are welcome to, you know, do one-on-ones with me and, and get the maps and, and the stuff that they need. It's mostly, I definitely work more with women in that sense where I work with men is more on like the muse side of things where I can do like muse sessions and, and sort of be the feminine, hold that feminine energy that men need to create and, and until they can learn to access it themselves and just sort of help them creative projects or getting unstuck or, you know, but really a lot of your work is in the feminine, but I do want to spell your name for people that are listening that, that are typing it in and they just don't know. So I'm just going to spell this out for people really quick. It's www.penelope spelled P E N E L O P E badger b a d g e r dot com so that's penelope badger dot com not two ends just one n d g e r penelope badger dot com you have this incredible book morning star 
channeling Archangel Lucifer, but you have other books as well. Woke Pussy, Feminine Embodiment for the Modern Woman, and the, your brand new book, The Human Experience Manual. And yep. there's other books as well. The Three Relationship Handbook. <laughs> handbook. Yeah. And uh, Same Flames, A Practical Guide to Understanding and Mastering the Twin Flame Path. And there's so much that you're about. So we've covered this aspect of you, but when you come back on, if you're willing, um, we're going to cover some other things because this episode has been phenomenal and I deeply appreciate you being here. And before we go, is there anything you'd like to tell our audience? You know, we've reached 135 countries right now. We have thousands of listeners. It's, it's really an honor to address humanity in this way. Is there anything you'd like to leave our audience with? Um, no, just like, like I said, you know, if, if you want to reach out to me, I think the best way is wokekittycity at gmail.com or just follow me at Penn Badger on Instagram and shoot me a DM. I love getting questions from people because like I said, I don't have a soapbox. So, but if you need something, what I do is I will take that in and I'll usually just do a podcast episode or I'll write a blog and answer you. And that way it's available for everyone else as well. And, you know, just if you like want an assessment of where you are, you know, I can do a private, uh, I do free consultations with people, right. For 15, 30 minutes and kind of let you know, where you are kind of on the map and, and what I suggest to start with and, and where to go from there, just in general, like we don't even have to work one-on-one -on -one per se, just like, here's my products and here's other teachers. And here's what I think I would suggest for you. Yes. And anyone around the world can tap into this. This is for everyone. Yep. Wow. Wow. Well, everyone, please check that out. Penelope, oh my goodness. Thank you so much for being here. This has been such an incredible episode. Please hold through the outro music and everyone, I hope you gained as much from this episode as I have. I, I, I've really loved this one. And we will be seeing you next week, Midnight on Earth.